couple years ago, I read a New York Times article about a brand new Christian denomination that was sweeping the globe. It's called Winner's Church. W-I-N-N-E-R-S Church. Their motto is be happy, be successful, join the winners. Now, I must admit, when I first read about this denomination, eh, I was skeptical. I mean, the whole thing sounds theologically questionable. But then I went online and I found out that the founding pastor of this church had a net worth of $150 million. And I thought to myself, now there is a man who's not afraid to practice what he preaches. You see, at Winter Church, the message is simple. This is a church for diligent, hardworking people. The Dale Carnegies, the Stephen Coveys of the world. People who know how to win friends and influence others. At Winter Church, I'm sure all the kids listen to their parents. And no one eats refined sugar or forgets to return library books. At Winter Church, I'm sure everyone goes to bed at 8.30 at night and gets nine hours of sleep. I mean, that's just what winners do. They know how to succeed at life. They know how to be socially mobile. And those are the type of people we want in our church, right? No, we want to be part of a faith community where people know how to live well. I'm reminded of a congregation I went to visit once in seminary uh, where the pastor would drive a Jaguar to worship every Sunday morning. A Jaguar, not a Toyota Corolla like most Methodist pastors. He drove a fully loaded luxury sedan. I asked him, I said, does your congregation ever give you a hard time about how nice your car is? He said, no. He said the opposite. They're the ones who told me to get it. They said I needed to look the part if I was going to represent their congregation in the community. Yes, be happy. Be successful. Join the winners. That's what we want in life. We want to be part of a church where everyone has their act together. And no one ever struggles and people just assume we are perfect. We want to be part of the winners. Now, I would love to convince you this morning that you need to buy me a Jaguar so that I could better represent Pinehurst United Methodist Church in our community. Now, I'd love for that to be true, but of course, there is one small problem with this approach to faith. The problem is this. In the scriptures, Jesus just doesn't spend all that much time with winners in the church. He doesn't seem to care all that much about people who are socially mobile. Just look again at our scripture passage this morning, the story of Jesus after the resurrection. Luke tells us after Jesus was raised from the dead on Easter, he didn't return to a church filled with diligent, hard-working people. Jesus didn't come back to a community of, of successful people with the Midas touch. Instead, Luke tells us, after Easter, Jesus came back to a church filled with ragamuffins. 
people who did not have life figured out, people who were not happy or successful. Which is to say, Jesus returned to a church of losers. In fact, the very first people Jesus went to visit after he was raised from the dead were the disciples. Yes, the same disciples who had fallen asleep in the garden. The same ones who had run away from the cross. The same disciples that had denied they even knew Jesus were the very people Jesus went back to see. No, these were not educated or successful men of Rome. These were not the upper crust of society. These were fishermen and farmers from the Galilee. These were people with rough edges and questionable morals whom Jesus called to be saints. You know, perhaps the greatest miracle of Easter is not just that, that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Perhaps the greatest miracle of Easter is that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and he came back to us. The very people who denied him, the very people who lacked the faith, the very people who struggled to believe and did not have life figured out. You see, the church of Jesus Christ, it has never been the church of winners. It's always been the church of losers. The church of people who don't understand the scriptures, the people who don't know how to follow faithfully, the people who run away from the cross all too quickly. And Jesus shows up anyway. Jesus offers peace and grace anyway, not because of our faith in him, but because of his faith in us. After all, even after Jesus showed up after Easter to the disciples, even after he talked to them, showed them his hands and his feet, even after Jesus had a meal with his disciples, the scripture says they still did not believe. They were terrified. And yet Jesus came back anyway. He believed in these disciples anyway. He forgave them anyway. He gave them new life anyway. You know, I know of a person who, every time he starts to pray, will always begin to cry. You can set your watch to it. Now, these aren't dignified, classy tears that he cries. You know, the, the type of tears I shed last week in worship. No, when this man cries, it is a full body experience. These are guttural, hard tears. The, the type of crying that makes people around you uncomfortable and anxious. It happens the same way. Every time he prays, he starts to talk about Jesus. And just as soon as he starts to talk about Jesus, well, he'll start to tear up. He just can't help it, he says. Think of Jesus and how he forgave me. I just get overwhelmed. As Jesus came back for us, came back for the very people who denied him, who forgot about him, the very people who don't have their life together. Jesus came back for the ragamuffins of the world, the people who yell at their kids, the people who struggle to make it through a week without losing hope. Jesus came back for the losers. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that is good news. Because if Jesus came back for the losers, that just means there is room in God's kingdom for us. 
You know, maybe that's why the Apostle Paul once wrote, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes, you have been welcomed into the family of God. Jesus has come back for you. Despite your imperfection, despite your struggles, despite the fact that you don't have life figured out, he has shown up in your life and he has offered your peace, not because you are good, but because he is good. He's come to us and he's reminded us that broken people can experience redemption. He's come to us and given us new purpose and new hope for the future. Yes, blessed are the poor in spirit, he said. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the hungry, blessed are the persecuted, because theirs is the kingdom of God. Yes, Jesus came back for you. Just as you are, you are enough. You know, some of you know I have a friend who started a halfway house here in Pinehurst. It's a house for men who are coming out of detox, but they're waiting for a place to open up for them in recovery. You see, there's a gap in coverage in our community uh, where people come out of detox in the hospital, uh, but there's not always beds available for them in rehab centers across the state. So they end up back on the street. They end up without any support or community. And so my friend wanted to do something about it. He felt passionate about it. He decided he was going to buy a house and he was going to put a dozen beds in there. And whenever someone came out of detox and didn't have a place to go, they would come to the house and they would stay for days or weeks or however long they needed until they could get the help they deserve. He told me about the program and I said, that is amazing. He said, you're going to buy a house in Pinehurst and just turn it into a rehab place? And I said, where on earth are you going to find a house like that? He said, well, I found one just a quarter mile from where you live. He said, there's a beautiful home. It's a $2 million home, but no one wanted to buy it a couple years ago. So the bank loaned me the money. Now don't tell the neighbors, but we've got 15 drug addicts living in there. He said, it's amazing. Every Monday night, we all get together for a Bible study. And the guys will talk and they will share their stories. And they will talk about the mistakes they made and how God has redeemed them. They talk about the hope they have, the love they have. They talk about how Jesus has saved them. And it's like Jesus is in the room there with us. Yes, those men, that Bible study, he said, it is the most holy hour of my week. No, Jesus, he did not come back for the winners of the world. He came back for the losers, the broken, the forgotten, the battered. Jesus, he came back for us. Yes, thanks be to God. And now, men.